Spirit, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in the midst of us on tonight. We thank you, Father God, that we have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And I thank you, Father God, that your people's hearts are open and receptive to receive your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about um, the prophets. And I'm going to briefly go over everything that we went over so far, and I got more for you, so don't be alarmed. But we're going to keep moving so we all be on one accord and understand dealing with the prophet. When we deal with the prophet, a prophet is a spokesman for God, one that speaks on the behalf of God. We talked about how Jesus is um, walked as a prophet when he come down on earth in the flesh. And that was Deuteronomy 18:15 when Moses was proclaiming that, that, you know, God would send a prophet from the midst of them of thy brethren. And he said, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. So what he was doing, Moses was foretelling what was going to happen in the future. And when we get to the book of Acts, the seventh chapter, Stephen or Stephen, he began to decree the same thing that Moses was saying. And the one that he was talking about was Jesus because a, a prophet is a spokesman, one that speaks on the behalf of God. And they're only going to say what God tell them to say. They're not going to add to the word. They're not going to take away from it. So when we look at Jesus and how he um, only spoke what God told him to speak, I gave you two scriptures on that. That was John, St. John 17, 8, that verifies that Jesus said that he's, he was sent, which was an apostle. Apostles one sent, and he was speaking forth the word that God was giving him. And John 12, 49 through 50 would verify that as well. Now, Jesus foretold what was going to happen in the end times. I gave you Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. This is what a prophet does. And then I also gave you John 4, um, 16 through 18, when the woman was at the well, and Jesus began to tell her that, you know, she had five husbands, and she perceived that he was a prophet by what um, he was bringing forth unto her. And I talked about a prophet is not honored in their own town. Matthew 13, 53 through 58. So we talked about, first of all, with Jesus walking as a prophet. So the reason why I started with Jesus is because with the ascension gifts that was left in Ephesians 4, um, Jesus left those gifts to the church. And what he was doing when he left those gifts, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, teachers, and pastors, what he was doing was leaving himself in the midst of the church. So that's why he said he called some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So they would represent him in the church the way that he operated here on earth. Now, last time we talked about the call of a prophet. Now, what we have to understand is you don't need uh, a person to come up to you and tell you that you are a prophet. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, that person that come to you, they will confirm what God has already told you because when Moses was called in Genesis 20, verse 7, God spoke to Abimelech, and, and, and the call come from God because he said, Moses is a prophet. This is my prophet. So God, he's the one that declared that Moses was a prophet. And Jeremiah 1.5, he came to Jeremiah, and he let Jeremiah 
um, know that he had set him apart. He had appointed him to be a prophet. So God will let you know your call. He would um, give you that call in a vision. He may give you that call in a dream. But he's going to let you know what he has called you to do. And if you are not sure of that call, just put it on the shelf. Stay in the word. Stay before God. Don't just go out there just because somebody say, you know, you're a prophet. If you have not um, got that confirmation from God yourself, put it on the shelf. Don't be trying to go do something that somebody is telling you to do outside of the will of God. So we see in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, this is when Isaiah had a vision. And when he had that vision, he saw the Lord upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. That was God's glory that he was revealing unto Isaiah. And after that, we know that Isaiah was saying, Lord, send me. But we know what happened. They um, uh, took some coals off the altar and put it in his mouth. And that's when, you know, his sin was purged and all of that. And then he said, send me. So we see that Isaiah's call was confirmed. Um, at that time, first Kings 1919, this is when Elijah was, uh, given Elisha his mantle. That means that he was passing over that office as a prophet because Elijah was getting ready to be, um, he was getting ready to ascend up with, to be with the father. So he was passing on that mantle. And I was explaining to you in my life how the mantle was passed through my mother, through my grandfather. So that can happen where God will show you somebody and he's showing you that that mantle is being passed, meaning that they are prophet and they're letting you know that you are prophet. So that mantle can be passed. And then first Samuel three, 19 through 20, it talks about Samuel and how, first of all, Samuel heard God's voice. But he was not, uh, his voice was not known unto Samuel. So when Samuel answered God the third time after God called him, that's when he got into the place of being a prophet. And it said, none of Samuel's words fell to the ground. So they knew that Samuel was a prophet because everything he spoke, it came to pass. So now, remember I talked about last week, just because you prophesy, that does not mean that you're a prophet. Because all of us that have accepted Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, with the power of God that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all of us have the nine gifts of the Spirit. So everybody with the nine gifts of the Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 12, those gifts operate as the Spirit wills. So if God decides to allow the gift of prophecy to come on you, you know, so you can prophesy into someone's life, then that's as the spirit wills. So anyone with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and as the spirit wills, you can prophesy into someone's life. You don't have to wait on a prophet because anyone with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when, and how do you know this? It's the evidence of speaking in tongues with the power of God come upon you to do a work or service on his behalf, you can begin to prophesy into someone's life. So don't think that everybody who prophesy is a prophet. We verified that in Acts 21, verse 8 through verse 11. This is talking about Philip, which was the evangelist. He had um, um, some daughters, four daughters, they were virgins, which did prophesy. 
but they never said that they were prophecies prophetess did they they just prophesied then right after that you see Agabus he's coming forth and he began they say he was a prophet so he began to tell Paul what was going to happen to him when he go to Jerusalem he was a prophet so do not think that everybody who prophesy is a prophet don't look at it like that because if you look at it like that you have a whole house full of prophets and that's not what God has called that person to be and we also I gave you the scripture first Corinthians 12 7 through 11 and that tell you about the gifts of the spirit and a prophet is going to live according to the call that God has on his life or her life that's Ephesians 4 1 meaning that that lifestyle is going to represent who they are they acknowledge that they are a prophet of God and the first thing you got to understand when God call you to be a prophet you have to acknowledge that for yourself and you have to step into that call now when you acknowledge that for yourself and you say God I accept the call that you have placed upon my life then there's a time of development meaning that you're not just going to go right into that office right into that call and right then you have to be developed in that call and some people are not developed in their call and they're out here doing things outside of the will and outside of the word of God this is why I want to teach you about the fivefold about deacons about um, elders all of this you need to know because you'll be able to recognize you know who you're laboring amongst so we talked about that and the next thing I talked about are there still prophets today yes there's still prophets today according to Ephesians um, 4 you know he said he gave some apostles some prophets so Jesus left those gifts here on earth when he went to be with the father also in 1st Corinthians 12 28 it lets you know first apostles secondarily prophets so we know that there are prophets of today now this is what I want to talk about tonight what is the difference between Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets there are some differences that we everybody need to be aware of that way you will understand how the prophets in the Old Testament operated and how the prophets in the New Testament Testament operated first of all I want to say this when you look at the Old Testament the Old Testament was written by prophets the New Testament was written by apostles Old Testament was written by prophets and this is why when we look in the Old Testament we have to understand that when they were spokesmen for God when they were speaking on the behalf of God they had to speak with no error it could be no error in their words why because what they were getting was coming directly from God ain't what nobody else told them it's what God spoke so in the Old Testament what they spoke was right on it it wasn't no um, up and down none of that it was exactly what God was saying and that's why it's written everything that God told them it is written like Moses when you look at the first five books of the Bible Moses was a prophet Moses wrote everything that God gave him and it had to be exactly what God said let me give you a scripture on that when we look at 2nd Peter the first chapter verse 20 through 21 
knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So everything that they got that was written, it come from God, from the spirit of God. So they didn't just write it because they felt like writing it. They were right before, they were before God, and when God gave it to them, then they wrote exactly what God said. So we, we see there's a difference between the old and there's a difference between the new and that. And I'm going to go to the new in a minute. But I want you to understand that the prophets are the ones that wrote the Old Testament, the prophets. You heard more about prophets in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, you hear more about the apostles. And the reason why, when Jesus, when he walked the earth, Jesus assigned apostles. He didn't mention any prophets at all. He was assigning the apostles. Why was he assigning the apostles? Because they were going to be the foundation. They were going to be the architect. They were going to be the builder. They were going to take everything that Jesus taught them. This is what they would be laying based on him, not based on anything else. Prophets stopped with John the Baptist, and then that's when the new come in through Jesus Christ. So we got to understand the Old Testament is dealing with the prophets. Those are the ones that wrote the Old Testament, the prophets. The New Testament is dealing with the apostles. They're the ones that wrote the New, Test the New Testament were the apostles because they walked with Jesus. They got everything from Jesus. So Jesus gave it to them and they wrote everything. Look at um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They were eyewitnesses. They could only write down what they saw what they experienced with him, and this is what we're getting today. It's coming through them. So when you look at um, Paul, Paul got it through Revelation. He didn't walk with Jesus, but all of his epistles that he wrote, he wrote it through Revelation, through the Spirit of God revealing unto him these hidden mysteries that nobody knew nothing about. Isn't this so good, y'all? So everything that you got in your Bible, these are the ones that heard directly from him. And now we have a Bible full of everything that was written. Give you an example. When Jesus, the one that was sent, which first was an apostle, when God spoke to him, he only spoke what he heard. When we look at Matthew, the fourth chapter, we see that when Jesus was um, being, um, how can I say, tempted of Satan, what did he always say? It is written. He would never go outside of what was written. Why? Because he knew that whatever was written is what it is. It's not going to be no change. Ain't going to be no fluctuation. Y'all got to understand what I'm saying. Everything that's written shall not, will not change. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word is going to remain the same. And see, so many people want to be a prophet, but the problem is they're coming up with their own word. It ain't lining up with the word. And if you don't know the word of God, you will be misled by a false prophet because you're not in it for yourself. So the Old Testament prophets, when they stood before God and they were carrying the word of God, I can't exactly remember where the scripture is, but it was where Jehoshaphat, he come in on the scene and he came in to help Ahab. And he was asking Ahab about, you know, uh, having a man to bring a word from the Lord. See, back then, the Old Testament prophets, they were for guidance. 
They were for control, and they were from direction. So people had to go to them to hear from God. Nobody could get it but the prophets. So when you had a prophet in the midst of you, they knew that that prophet had a word from the Lord. So what Jehoshaphat wanted was Ahab had a lot of prophets. And those prophets, I'm pretty sure Jehoshaphat wasn't sure of those prophets. So he said, do you have a a man that can hear from God? And I'm kind of paraphrasing it. And they said, yeah, and I couldn't remember his name. It started with the M. I can't remember his name, but help me, Holy Spirit. Anyway, when they brought that prophet forth, all of the other prophets, they began to decree and declare that they were going to win the battle. So when he come in, he come in and he was agreeing with them. And they have said, Why are you always not telling me the truth? Tell me the truth because he knew that he was going to declare what God was saying. So finally he came back and told Ahab, he said, if you come back alive today. So he knew that he was going to die. So he began to prophesy truth. Ahab got mad and he said, throw him in the dungeon and let him eat breads of affliction. Somewhat like that paraphrasing it. But anyway, long story short, Jehoshaphat wanted a true prophet of God. He wanted a prophet that spoke exactly what God said. If it was judgment, it was judgment. Whatever God said, that prophet spoke, and that's what came to pass. And y'all know what happened. Ahab died, just like God said. So those prophets, when they stood with God, they could not change God's words. Whatever God said, that's what it was going to be. It was no fluctuation. There was no error in those Old Testament prophets, the Old Testament prophets, because it was coming directly from God. There was no error dealing with what God spoke. So we'll look at some in the Old Testament that gave guidance, direction, and they inquired of the mind and will of God. So anytime that the people were going through, they knew in the Old Testament We can talk to a man of God, and that man of God, that woman of God, they're going to tell us exactly what God is saying. I give you an example with Jehoshaphat. It was 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. Y'all remember he had um, battles coming up against him, and he began to pray. He began to seek the Lord. First of all, he began to have fear, because how many of y'all know when you got a battle on every side, seem like you're trying to get through this, Then this right here happened. Then this right here come up. So Jehoshaphat, he began to seek the Lord, even with how he was feeling, feeling fearful. And a prophet began to speak to Jehoshaphat. He took the word of that prophet, and he took it, um, you know, he believed the word of that prophet. It didn't matter how he felt. He knew that prophet was bringing the word of God. So they knew back then that when a prophet spoke, it was God speaking himself. So they took the word for what it was. Give you another example in Exodus 19. Exodus 19, verse 3 through 6. This was Moses. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shall thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I have bared you on eagle wings and brought you unto myself now therefore if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation 
These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. These very words I'm reading to you is the very words that God spoke to Moses. And we're reading them today, right now. So he said, these words that I'm speaking to you, these are the words that you speak unto Israel. This is what I want you to say to them. So Moses had to come back and tell them what God was saying. So he was giving them guidance. He was giving them direction. He was giving them the mind and will of God. God gave the people an opportunity to hear from him. In Exodus 19, but those people were so afraid when they saw the earthquake, when they saw the fire. This is what the people said in Exodus 20, 18 through 19. And all the people saw the thundering and the lightning and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. So those people said, I want to hear from you, Moses. I don't want to hear from God. So each time Moses spoke, he was speaking what God was giving him unto the people. They were looking for guidance. They were looking for direction. And they were inquiring about the, the mind of God and the will of God. Give you another one. You can read this on your own. First Samuel chapter 9. This is when the people wanted themselves a king. Um, and this was after, yeah, when the people wanted a king and Saul was out looking for his um, father's donkey. And while he was looking for the father's donkey, you know, they told him about a seer. And that seer was Samuel. And they said, when um, he can help you, you know, find your father's donkey. In which, when he met Samuel, Samuel began to tell him where the donkey was before he even asked him. So back then, they was looking for direction. They was looking for guidance. They was looking for the mind and will of God. So you can read 1 Samuel chapter 9. I'm going to give you one more on that before I go somewhere else with the New Testament. 2 Kings 3.11 is another one. Okay. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the kings of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elijah, the son of Saphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. So see, they were looking for a prophet that they can inquire a word of the Lord for. This is another example of Jehoshaphat when he was asking, Is there a prophet here that we can inquire, that we can um, get the mind and will of God? So in the Old Testament, they looked to prophets to hear from God. They knew that if a prophet came in on the scene, that they would have a word from the Lord because God only gave it to the prophets. Now, let's talk about the New Testament. How is this different between the new and the old? I'm going to give you some examples. In the New Testament, prophets were not used for guidance, for control of another person's life. They were not used to confirm. They were used to confirm what was already known and revealed the will of God. Now, when you go to a prophet for guidance, when you go to them for direction and the mind and will of God, you're out of order because that's why God gave you the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to prove it to you in scripture. See, this is where prophets are today. They want people to come to them and ask them, what is God saying? 
They want people to come to them and give them guidance in their life. They want people to, you know, come to them so they can be in control. That's not the order of God. Because in the Old Testament, they needed the prophets to speak on the behalf of God. In the New Testament, I'm going to tell you why we need prophets, but you do not need them to give you guidance, to control your life, or to give you direction. This is why God gave you the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the Spirit come upon them. So when God was through using them, that Spirit, the Spirit of God, was not there anymore because we as New Testament believers have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, meaning that this is his permanent home. So we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, so we don't need to go search for no prophet. And I'll give you an example in, in the word. Romans eight fourteen says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So when you're led by the Spirit of God, you are the sons of God. In the Old Testament, prophets was known as servants. In the New Testament, we're known as sons and daughters. Because God has given us his spirit to indwell us. So if he gave us his spirit to indwell us, what is the job of the Holy Spirit? Everybody know John 14, 26. It says, but the comforter, he's not only a comforter, he's a counselor. He's a helper. He's an intercessor. He's an advocate. He's a strengthener. He's a standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. So I want to ask you a question. While you out there looking for a prophet to give you clear direction, you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you when you can say, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to do this. I need your guidance. I need your help. That's his job. So when you're out looking for a man or woman to tell you who my husband is or to tell you what kind of car you're going to get or to tell you, am I going to be sick all my life or to tell you, am I going to be rich or to tell you something that you don't need them to tell you because you have the Holy Spirit. The only thing you got to do is ask him. I'll give you an example with the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I'm bringing this out tonight is because we got people that saying that they are prophets and people go to them and they say, oh, they told me, they told me, they told me, they told me this. And you keep calling them prophets. You keep calling them. You keep calling them. And as you keep calling them, then you're giving them control. That means you're not trusting the Holy Spirit that's in you. You're not trusting the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because God said in, up under the new covenant, he said, you don't need a prophet to tell you my will. Only thing you got to do is go into my word. And the only thing that that prophet's supposed to be doing is confirming what I already said. And if you're waiting on that prophet to tell you, you know, all this and that, that's because you're lazy. That's because you don't want to seek God for yourself. You want a quick fix. I'm hurting right now. I need to know if they're going to live or if they're going to die. Ask the Holy Spirit and see what he takes. So see, we, we run into too many people that we think, are prophets. And I want to tell you about the Holy Spirit. And I know people have had experience with the Holy Spirit. But when you learn what you have, then you need to be using what you have. And this is how the Lord showed me this. If my husband gave me money 
And he told me that was my money, to use that money. So I set that money aside, and he gave it to me, but I set it aside. So I get on the phone, and I call Miss Deborah and say, Miss Deborah, can I borrow $500? And Miss Deborah say, sure, you can borrow $500. What I got is yours. Already got $500. My husband already gave me $500. But I want to get something from her, but I don't want to use what I have. Because guess what? I want to save that. <laughs> you know, I, I want to that's my money, you know. But you ain't actually using what you have, and you're looking for more, but you already have what you need. So God said, we have the Holy Spirit, but we always looking for somebody to tell us something. And the reason why we do it, because we got blockers in our way. And we can't hear the Holy Spirit the way we need to hear him. And some of us say, well, you know, I can't hear God like I need to hear him. I just got so much on my mind. Well, you need to calm down and say, peace be still. You need to be still and know that he's God. Now I'm going to give you an example. I had lost my earring, this very earring that's in my ear over here. We was going somewhere, and I took it out the jury box, and I put both of them on, walked out the room, and I got in the car, and all of a sudden, I said, my earring is gone. Got out the car, I retraced my steps, and I still couldn't find the earring. Got back in the car, and all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit. I looked at my daughter, I said, watch this. I said, earring, I command you, in the name of Jesus, to come back to me. I left the house. We went where we going. We went out to eat. We got back in the house. I forgot all about the earring. So after I got in the bedroom, my husband come behind me holding this earring in his hand. He said, is this what you want? Is this what you're looking for? I said, yeah. I said, where did you get it from? He said it was in the kitchen on top of a bowl with screen beans in it. <laughs> I was not there. He know where I was. See, I said, I command you, earring, to come back to me in Jesus' name. Because the Holy Spirit reminded me, you got authority. That belongs to you. I didn't have to go to Teresa and say, Teresa, I want you to pray with me, child. I want you to pray with me and help me uh, tell me where my earring is. Teresa, you hear God. Tell me where I left that earring at. You don't have to do that because if you trust the Holy Spirit, I mean, really trust whom God has left you, then you wouldn't be asking everybody else. Because he said, if you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. He said, if you knock, the door shall be open. See, those disciples, which was, um, became apostles next, they walked with Jesus. They knew how, how Jesus was. So when they began to lay that foundation, they couldn't lay nothing but what Jesus said. And the Holy Spirit was there on the inside of them acting on behalf of Jesus, which is the word. He was their comforter. He was the one that was helping them. So don't let nobody who's a prophet tell you, I give you guidance. You know, I'll, I'll help you with this. What they supposed to be doing, they supposed to be bringing forth what God has already spoken unto you. And also, they will foretell something that's going to happen you know, they're going to reveal that to the church. And let me give you another scripture. Let me give you scriptures on this. Hebrews 4, 16. Y'all know this one. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
Y'all know that Old Testament, them people wasn't coming boldly to God. They, they'll, they'll die. But now we have access to God through who? Through Jesus Christ. So I don't have to go to a prophet and say, pray on my behalf, because I have access to my father through Jesus Christ. So I can go on my own in the name of Jesus. So don't let, quit calling people and say, I know you get a prayer through. Don't get me wrong. We can call people and ask them, can you pray on my behalf? This is what I'm standing on. End the conversation. Now, this is what I used to do. Now, I used to be slick with it. I would call somebody I knew that was a prophet. Hey, what you doing? God is good, ain't he? I tell you, he is just so good. Well, let me tell you about this right here. Tell me what you think about that thing. And all of a sudden, I'm getting me a quick word. Because I knew what I was doing in anyway. I called for the wrong reasons. I didn't want to seek God for myself. But it got to the point, y'all. God told me, he said, nobody's going to be able to tell you nothing but me. And what he mean was, I want you to get to know me for, for yourself. I want you to get to know the word for yourself. That way, nobody won't be able to fool you. And I know sometimes Miracle Temple look at me when people are ministering to me, and I'm just like this. It, it don't have, I don't be all over the place. Ah! I'm listening. I'm listening because I know when God is speaking and I know if that's what God said, God has already told me. But if they say something that God ain't said, I stick it on the shelf quick because I said, you know what, God, if you foretelling them this or whatever, I'm going to stick it right here. And if it don't come to pass, I know it ain't you. So this is what you have to do. This is why you got to have a relationship with him on your own. Quit waiting for just because somebody said a prophet in the house. We sit there and wait. Prophesy. What you got? Some of us don't even want to hear the word that's coming out of their mouth. Only thing we waiting for is an altar call. We waiting on them to lay hands on us and tell us something. Oh, Lord, and then skip right past you and go to somebody else. So we have to be so careful. And I'm going to tell you something. I mean, well, let me get to this scripture. Okay. In Acts eleven twenty seven through 28, this is when Agabus, which is a prophet, foretold of a coming um, famine. This is when he began to speak forth what was coming. And guess what, y'all? It did come to pass. You know, he had revelation on that. He spoke it. It did come to pass. So if a prophet come in this house and they begin to tell us, you know, God is showing me this right here. Guess what? Right now we may not see it, but we're going to put it on the shelf and we're going to, and if it come to pass, we know that God has spoken, right? Another incident was when Agabus foretold what would happen to Paul in Jerusalem. This is Acts 21, 10 through verse 11. He began to tell Paul, this is what's going to happen to you. But guess what? He didn't tell Paul something Paul didn't already know. He was confirming what Paul knew. Paul knew this in Acts 20, 22 through 24. So this is why I say up under the New Testament, prophets is going to confirm what God has spoken to you. This is why you have to stay in the word. That's Acts 20, 22 through 24. This is Paul telling us that he knew what was going to happen to him in Jerusalem. And then in Acts 21, 10 through 11, Agabus is coming forth taking the girdle of Paul and say, this is what's going to happen to the one that's going to Jerusalem. Paul was already aware of it. So a prophet will 
confirm what God has already told you. And sometime a prophet will come in and they'll tell you something that you may not be aware of. What you going to do? You're going to put it on the shelf and say, okay, if this is a true prophet, this will come to pass. A prophet con- confirms the call, a call of a person. A prophet will confirm another prophet call. You can find that in Acts 13, verse 1 through verse 3. I'll give you an example. Each call that I had, I had um, a person up under that call to confirm my call. Um, The last call, it was an apostle that confirmed my call as an apostle. I had prophets to confirm my call as being a prophet. I had some evangelists to confirm my call as being an evangelist. I had pastors to confirm my call as being a pastor. Teachers to confirm. So you're going to have confirmation of the call that's upon your life. If God is telling you your call, he's going to send somebody to confirm that call unto you. But this is my advice to you tonight. When God tell you that you are a prophet, when God, whatever call he tell you, stay in the word. Stay before God. Don't be trying to just operate in that call. Because you cannot take the cart before the horse. And this is where you fall. This is where you mess up at. And you have to be careful with that because you have to be raised up in that calling before you begin to walk in that calling. And I talked about, too, that um, dealing with the fivefold. Like I said, I had walked in all of them. So it's easy for me to tell who's around me and what that call is. But God, like let's say you have an apostle prophet. You have an apostle prophet, but the main call that God is using is that apostle. He may use me sometime to walk as a prophet, but my main call is that apostle. So you may have prophet, teacher. Your main call can be teacher, but he have you to walk in that um, prophetical call. So don't um, try to put something on your life that God hasn't put on your life because some people trying to operate and it's not going to happen that way. The Lord, the more you get developed in these callings, God will have you to operate in these callings when it's necessary for you to operate in it and it won't be out of order. If you look at the Paul, look at Paul. He operated in all of them. He was everywhere evangelizing. He was being a pastor. He was doing all of these things. Um, the next scripture is they bring exhortation, edification, and comfort. That's Acts fifteen thirty two. This is what was happening in Acts 15. They were writing a letter unto the Gentiles and telling them, you know, what they would refrain themselves from. They wrote it in a letter. And this is what they said in 1 Acts 15, 27. We have sent, therefore, Justice and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. Justice and Silas, they were prophets. So what they had written in that letter... They said, what you reading in that letter, we're going to send some prophets to verify what we wrote by mouth. And it happened in Acts 15.32. Justice and Silas, who were also themselves prophets, said many things to encourage the believers, brothers and sisters, and make them stronger. So everything that was in that letter, they didn't read that letter. They came and spoke forth. Everything that was written in that letter to give them encouragement, to give them comfort. So when you bring a, a, um, a prophet in the house, they will operate up under the gift of prophecy. They will do that. They will come to edify. 
You know, they'll come to build you up, stir you up, um, and bring comfort to console you when things are going on in your life, to strengthen you in that area. You know how some of them say, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. God has called you to this work, and he's not going to leave you by yourself. He will not leave you, nor shall he forsake you, because you're going through some kind of turmoil in your life. And God is sending that prophet to comfort you, to build you up, to stir you up, to console you. So a prophet will do that. But two, a prophet is going to operate in more than the gift of prophecy. A prophet will operate in three gifts of the spirit. They normally operate in the gift of knowledge. I mean, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, the gift of prophecy, and some you will see working miracles. So that's how you're going to truly know a prophet too because they're going to operate more in the gifts than any normal believer would operate in. So that's why I say everybody that say they're a prophet, that does not mean that they're a prophet. You have to know all of these things so you will know who you are amongst. And then you may have three prophets in the same room, but they operate differently. They operate differently. So we're going to go over that too. Um, let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, 29 through 33. Now, this is what's supposed to happen when you have two or three prophets in the same room. Okay, only two or three prophets should speak and the other should judge, evaluate, consider, and weigh what they say. Let me tell you why. Because... A prophet, if you have two or three prophets in a room speaking, then you're going to have to have a prophet judging what they're saying. How do they judge? According to the word. They're not going to go outside of what's written in the word of God. So you got to be listening to what's coming forth so you will know if it's, it's coming from the scripture. And then it says, if a message from God, revelation, come to another person who's sitting, the first speaker shall stop. So what's happening is you have different prophets speaking but if that other prophet have a revelation then one have to stop because God ain't about confusion he's about peace so this is why when that prophet is speaking you're going to get edified you're going to get built up you're going to get stirred up but that other prophet they're listening to what's coming forth and I'm going to tell you why Old Testament the word was right on it it was on point but everything we have now is already written, y'all. So you're going to have some prophets that miss it. Mm -hmm. They miss it because they may meant to say one scripture and it's this script. I'll give you an example. And the Lord is showing it to me right now. I had a lady that she um, did a service for us. And I'll never forget the setting of the room. She got up to prophesy. She was speaking into people's life. This woman was talking to somebody over, the prophecy was for somebody here, but she was over there in somebody's face. She was over there on that side. But it was right, but she was looking at the wrong person. So I knew that ain't right. So see, that's why when somebody come in the room, you don't get too happy that you don't hear to know what's being said. It's too many people that get too happy. See, I'm like this, and I'm not trying to, um, judge a person to the point that I think I'm the only one but I want to make sure that nothing is said outside of what should be said I'll give you another example we had a lady that 
She come to the altar and she began to pray. Oh my goodness. That woman prayed with so much anger, y'all. I mean, she was praying with some anger. Look, my little armor bear is going to look at me, John Paul. Going to look at me and wait for me to bring correction. Everybody heard it. Remember that day, Kath? Everybody heard. I said, hold up, wait a minute. She was cursing them kids. That's what she was doing, putting a curse on them kids. I said, hold it right there. So see, this is why you have to listen to what people are saying, and you got to bring correction. That's what a prophet will do. They're going to correct because they're going to say, I done been in the word. That ain't what the word is saying. Give you another example. We were having Bible study at the house, and um, I invited this lady to come in, and this lady was before God. She was always in her word, but she still needed some developing in that call. So when she, she came over there, a guy was up, and he, he got up, and see, he had a religious spirit. You couldn't tell him nothing. He had like he knew the word, boom, 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 and you intervening, he just wouldn't hush. So suddenly, the lady come in there, and we get ready to start the service. Oh, that guy started up. Ooh, that woman got loud. She said, uh-uh, that ain't true. I don't receive that. That ain't what God's word said. She said what she said, and that was true, but it's the way she bought it. You got to bring, speak truth in love. So I told the guy, I said, hush, hush, hush. He started up again. She said, I am not staying in this house with this person taking the word of God out of content. I refuse to be up in here. And she laughed. That was wrong. But she knew it was not the word. So she was trying to bring correction, but the way she was bringing it was wrong. So what am I saying? A prophet, they're going to be before God. They're going to know what the word of God is saying, and they're going to bring correction before that word is in the atmosphere and somebody's running with something that God has not said. So this is why it says right here in Corinthians, um, the 14th chapter, 29 through 33, um, it goes on to say in 32, the spirit of the prophets are under control and subject to the prophets themselves. So we have to see, for God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. So we got to understand that God is going to keep order in his house. So this is why we have to know what a prophet does, even in the New Testament. Now, a prophet in the New Testament, they're going to bring correction. But they're going to bring that correction out of love. They're going to speak truth in love. A prophet does not bring curses on you. They do not speak curses on you because Jesus done away with the curses. Do you think he's going to send somebody else in the house and curse you after he done took the curses with him? No, he's not going to do that. So what we have to do, we have to understand dealing with the prophet. A prophet is only going to speak what God is saying. And um, he or she is going to speak according to the word of God. If you say that you're a prophet and you're not in the word, you're not in prayer, something's wrong with that call. Because even before God called you to be a prophet, you're going to have such a desire for the word of God. You're going to have such a desire for the things of God. And you're not going to like stuff to be any kind of way, y'all. You can't stand it. You can't sit in the midst of confusion. You can't do it. This is why you have to stay in the word of God. The word have to be in you because at any given time, if you're in a place and God will say, 
okay, I have a word for that house. You're going to get permission for whoever's over that house and say, God has a word for this house. And guess what that prophet's going to do? That prophet is going to bring forth what God would have them to bring forth for that house. How does he do it? Let's say you have an apostle in that house and you have a visiting prophet. And this is what the apostle is doing that God is telling the apostle to do. That prophet say, God is telling me to tell you this. Prophet don't know what God told the apostle, but the apostle is playing it out, is doing it. They're going to stand up and say, God said what you're doing at this time is what he would have for you to do. See, they, they working with that um, apostle and what they're doing, they're directing them, letting them know they're going the right way. But that apostle is not trying to find a word from that prophet. God is sending that prophet in on time to let that apostle know or to let that pastor know this is what God wants you to do at this time. And it's going to line up with what God have told them to do. God is not going to be out of order, y'all. Or that prophet might come in there and say, okay, the doctrine that's taught in this place is not lining up with what the word of God is saying. And I'll give you an example. I had a prophet to come in to our Bible study. And when the, before she came in, we were um, having Bible study and everybody was in the house. You know that why they was in the house? Because we had somebody that said it was a prophet. So people had the whole, Jennifer, remember, parking all in people's yards. I mean, they were lined up. And then when the person would come in, they're clapping for the person, waiting on the word, waiting on the word. So finally, when the girl come in the house and she sat there and all of a sudden, and it was funny. Now, remember, prophets are subject to prophets, right? So God going to let you know what's in your house. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and it was two of them. And one of them got up, and she started doing a little dance on the floor. I mean, she was dancing. I said, what in the world is wrong with that girl? And I said, well, that might be the one. The Holy Spirit said, uh-uh, that ain't the one. That's the one. Prophets are subject to prophets. You're going to know a prophet that's around you. Anyway, she was quiet, y'all, just as humble and meek and just sitting there just like this, just looking, wasn't saying nothing. All of a sudden, when she got up, you knew the word was in the house. She looked and she said, ain't no word up in here. Wow. Thank you, God. So guess what? It cleaned the whole house. People weren't coming no more. The prophet shut it down. And see, we had to listen to what God was saying. And it got shut down. So the next thing was, okay, prophets subject to prophets. So I'm sitting there, house clean. And I'm saying, oh, Lord, these people coming back. Who's going to give them the word now? You done clean the house. Who's going to give them the word now? No. And, and God said, the Holy Spirit said, you're going to speak forth my word. And in my mind, I said, oh, I ain't speaking forth nothing. That's what I'm saying. I'm not doing nothing. A prophet is going to remain humble. They're not going to try to push their way through just because they got that call or that title. And that night, I finally said, Lord, if there's a word for this house, for these people that's coming in here, you're going to have to give it to me because I don't know. So I'm looking around me, Jennifer sitting there and everybody sitting there and the women come in and sat down. Soon as they sat down, the Holy Spirit said, now I want you to tell them to quit playing tic-tac-toe. I'm like, what? They playing tic-tac-toe? So um, that was the first part of it. So I looked at the women. I turned around. And I said, God is saying, 
y'all need to quit paying tic-tac-toe. And they looked at each other. I'm like, oh, they're going to fry me. Their eyes was that big, y'all. I said, oh, I done messed up now. The lady stood up and said, you telling the truth. This is how we play tic-tac-toe. We spread out now church and we watch. She said, yeah, we've been playing tic-tac-toe in the church. I'm like, well, thank you, Jesus. Didn't know what was going on. So from that point on, God began to know you trust in me. So he was giving me part, y'all. He was giving me part of stuff. That's when that bubbling forth coming in. You may get a drip, may not get it all, but when you begin to speak that drip, you start flowing forth. Boom, 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 boom. And you be hitting stuff. Boom, 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 boom. And then when you finish, you only know what you hit. You don't know what you hit. Well, what did you say? I said, you should have asked me that night because I don't know what you're talking about. But they knew it was God, but... I. But if you don't ask me right then, once God deliver that message, and if it's him speaking and they know it's him speaking, I'm like, huh? So I'm telling you, don't get caught up in stuff that's not of God. Because when you get caught up in stuff that's not of God, people be operating in familiar spirits. I'll give you another example. The last meeting we went to up there with Apostle, um, when God had me ministering in the place, um, the lady that was sitting there, Prophets are subject to prophets. My spirit was so drawn to this lady, I had to focus to finish doing what I was doing. And every time I would come right back to this lady like a magnet. And finally, if some of y'all was there, I looked at her, I said, you bother my spirit. She said, I don't mean to bother you. So humble, sweet. I said, well, you bother my spirit. And you need to come up here because you got a word. It was two of them that God used to bring a word that night. And I'm telling you, y'all, it was some movement going on in that place that night. So at the end of service, I had somebody to come speak to me. As soon as they began to speak to me, I said, hold it. God want this lady to pray for you. And we went into some warfare through that lady praying for her. What am I saying? Prophets are subject to prophets. Did anybody see anything out of order? Did you not see this? She's talking or I'm talking at the same time. I turned it over to her. While she was doing it, I was judging what she was saying. The people that were with her was judging what I was saying. So at the end of the night, what God gave me, the lady said, yeah, you were right on it. What God gave her, I said, yeah, you were right on it. We were judging. This is how it's supposed to be. So when you go in a place, just because people say they are prophets, if you're not in the word for yourself, Sometimes you can be fooled. It, it seems like it's good, but it ain't always good. So you have to be careful. We have a lot of ground to cover, y'all. And I know it seemed like a lot, but I got more to go over because this ain't no game. You better know who you labor amongst because if you don't know who you labor amongst, people will tell you stuff that God is not even saying. So remember, a New Testament prophet you do not have to go to them to get a word from the Lord. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. You can talk to the Holy Spirit. And as you talk to him and he give you what the word is saying unto you, the Holy Spirit is not going to go outside of his word, outside of the word of God. Once he give it to you, later on you may meet somebody and they'll look at you and say, God is telling me to tell you this. And I'll give you another example. Um, me and Evangelist Newton and her husband was in the mall, 
and we were sitting there and I had this leather jacket on and I love my leather jacket and as I was sitting there I cut my eye over there and I saw this girl and I was hearing give her your jacket I kept right on talking y'all so I just kept right on talking so I heard it again and and no this is what I said in my mind she can't wear my jacket she can't wear my jacket I heard it again give her that jacket so I said okay I'm just gonna give her the jacket so we had a time that day in that mall, didn't she? She was looking at the jacket, very jacket that she wanted, and I gave her the jacket, and it was cold, and I left out of there with no jacket because I was, and God did a move. Her and her mom in there just crying. He did a move. What am I saying? You have to hear what God is saying, and when you own, when you in tone with God, you can turn your eye and look at it and say, oh, okay, God, I hear what you're saying. So you have to move right then because there's a bubbling forth. There's a stirring up that God is doing. You don't want to miss that opportunity because that person would need it right then. Some of us are afraid to open our mouths because we're saying, oh, that's just me. How do you know it's just you until you get up and open your mouth? Because if God is stirring up a gift in you, don't mean you have to be a prophet. You need to be obedient to him because he's seeing, can I trust you? Can you be obedient to what I need for the house tonight. So be careful who you laboring amongst. Be careful. And then another thing. Prophets are subject unto prophets. If two prophets or three prophets is in the room. And one prophet is checking that prophet's word. And they go to that prophet. And they say. Okay. This word that you have spoken. Is not in alignment with the word of God. They supposedly humbly accept it from another prophet if they blow up they ain't developed yet you're gonna know a prophet that's truly developed they're gonna humble themselves they're gonna say thank you thank you for bringing that correction so we're gonna learn more next week and i pray that as we get into this dealing with the prophets dealing with the other calls people will know who they're dealing with in these callings you are developed you don't hold offense Listen what I say. Go through the word of God. Every prophet, every apostle, every evangelist, all these calls did not hold offense and try to defend themselves or defend the word of God. See, this is why I know where people are. Because when you're walking with God, it ain't you no more. It's all him. So when somebody is coming to you with something, you ain't trying to justify nothing. You're just telling them what God is saying. And if they choose not to to accept it, you don't get offensive. You stay in humility. You cannot walk in these calls being offensive, being unforgiving, and act like everybody's against you. You can't do it. God cannot use you in that capacity. So the main thing is with every call, you have to have a relationship. You have to know what his word is saying. You cannot speak on the behalf of God without speaking concerning the word. It takes the word, y'all. That's relationship. So I pray as we went through this, it, it gave some pointers in the room to let you know how things supposed to be in the body of Christ. That's why we're teaching the order of the church, and we want to make sure Miracle Temple is running accordingly the way God will have the church to be. Amen. We give God glory. Isn't God good? All the time.
and he is good. I tell you what, he will show you things and he will develop you more and more in different things. And I can tell y'all this, Miracle Temple know me. Well, I say you know me. Some of y'all know me. If you know, know, know me. And I come to you, I may be holding normal conversation and tell you something that God is saying and go on about my business. I ain't, I ain't got time to be fussing and fighting. I'm just telling you what God is saying. Or God may lay some, some of y'all on my mind. And I pick up the phone and say, okay, God want me to share this with you today. But I do it as God direct me to do it. And I don't try to do it just to try to second guess what's going on in people's lives. So stay before him. And as you stay before him, God will give you what you need and when you need it. And the thing is, y'all, God said, if you can trust me first, if you can trust me, you trust in my word and I can trust you to carry it. But we got to trust him first. We got to go to him first and foremost. I'm like this now in my life. God, if you can't tell me, then nobody can. That's where I am. God, I'm coming to you because you're my answer. You said if I call on you, you said you would answer me, and I'm dialing heaven right now. So I'm calling on you, and you told me you're going to show me great and mighty things. Now, I don't know what to do with this, but I need your guidance. Holy Spirit, I need your help because right now I'm in effect. And when you go on about your business and go your way, whoo, all of a sudden, God begin to speak the word out of the word. And you say, yes, Lord, thank you. And you go on about your business. But if you get on the phone and call somebody, go to the phone instead of the throne, you're going to be chasing that person all the time to see what they have to say. And everything that they're saying ain't coming from God. So we, we need to cut it out. And, and, and Facebook fans, every prophet that said they're a prophet on Facebook, you better leave that alone. Because we met some on Facebook, right at the And everybody else met that prophet on Facebook. And guess what? The prophet that, I, that, that met me on Facebook can stand me because they're a thief. Mm -mm. Couldn't stand me. I thought prophets were like each other, Teresa. She couldn't stand me because, see, when she said something, I said, wait a minute, uh-uh, that right there ain't right. Oh, she was hot. She was hot. I said, uh-uh, that right there ain't right. So, see, you better know who calling themselves prophets because when you bring the word of God to them and they blow up at you because you telling them something or trying to bring you correction, mm-mm. Be careful, y'all. Be careful. Know your calling. Make your calling an election sure. Amen. God is good. Did we have